What's up, men, and welcome to another episode of Quality Manhood, a show meant for Christian men seeking to understand how to apply God's truth in everyday life. I'm one of the hosts of the show, PJ Burner, along with my co-host, Kellen Allen. No, no I thought pause. you no pause. No you, pause. I was gonna figure out what which name the first no. or the last, or you just no. Kellen Allen, just no, straight to the point. We need to get to a different point, and that is Kellen and I were just away with with our <laughs> pastors. We took some time off, uh, not off. We took some time away yes, to. Let's clarify it was definitely that. not time off. No. It was uh, time away to focus on our church and to meet together in concentrated. Uh, Time spending hours together just talking about our church and what's uh, what the future for our church holds and everything else. Great time, uh, rich, uh, good, uh, just hopefully accomplishing a lot for God's glory uh, in, in planning a lot that hopefully by God's grace, he'll see us uh, be able to enact. But yeah. during that time, because we're all you know, cloistered and, and we've, we're in a room for a long time, meeting, talking, we yeah. have snacks that are there. We have a lot of snacks. Yeah. And uh, look- By I'm request. A, by request. Yeah. I'm a fan of beef jerky. I like beef jerky. <laughs> I enjoy them. I'll even go with the the Slim Jim from the gas station that's, on the, the that's road terrible, trip. but okay. No, it's 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 good and it tastes like beef jerky. That's so subjective. We're there, okay. And you open up the fridge and you pull out. It's it's like the shrink wrapped, eighteen inch long <laughs> beef sticks. Beef stick. And I my hopes were high initially. I was thinking, yeah, you jumped this, at it. I was excited. This looks legit. Yeah, and. You pulled it out of the wrapper and you handed it to me. <laughs> and initially, that was my first sign that this was not this maybe is not what legit. I was hoping for. Yeah. And then I, I took a bite you and immediately, here's what it was, man. It was a cold, wet That's not hot true. dog. That's not true. That's what it was. That's not true. It was a cold, wet hot dog. It's a beef stick. It was gross, is what it was. Well, more for me. I enjoyed them. I rejected it. I uh, grabbed a, a napkin. I... <laughs> Put the bite back in the napkin and handed it to wait, one of our other pastors. Wait, to film somebody, the trash can. I, I went there, uh, I think later on in that day to get a beef stick, which I enjoy. They're good. They're at Costco. Um, They're not good, man. It, and it was funny because there was one that was in a package that was half. Like somebody took a bite, and I wouldn't say half because it wasn't. Somebody took a bite out of it and took the effort to put it back in the plastic and then put it put it back in the fridge. See, that wasn't I'm even like, me, dude. I threw mine in the trash can. I can appreciate that, but you you that takes effort to say I'm gonna take a bite. Instead of putting it in the trash, I'm going to slide it back okay. in the package, fold it back over as right. if it was never touched. Right. That so was weird to me. That should be a sign from your brothers in Christ, your fellow pastors, that uh, you are you need to flee from no. these things. No, man. Y'all just need to to open your palates, I guess. No. It, dude, it's like a Hebrew national that somebody no. just ripped out of the case and handed <laughs> to you and said, here, chew on this for a little while. Hey, man, Costco's been selling it for a year straight. and Costco sells a lot of stuff we can no, talk about. No, that's not that true because you, you tried to purchase some stuff and they took it off the shelf because you were the only... One that Dude, purchased the, the chili raisins. spiced golden raisins are amazing. Yeah, it, just say, say that. Say that for the, chili the audience. Chili spiced golden raisins. Jeff Bezos supplies me right now. He's my hookup. That's your guy. He's my supplier. Okay. Yeah. You don't <laughs> chili spiced golden raisins. But, anyway, but anyways, yes. hey, uh, man, some sobering news. Not uh, no pun intended. Honestly, on that uh, this weekend, as uh, uh, some of you probably opened up your your news app or maybe it was on Twitter for you or your sports app and saw the name uh, Henry Ruggs yeah. on the headlines. And uh, Henry Ruggs has made headlines in the past, right? I mean, Al- University of Alabama, yeah. uh, top flight wide receiver for them. 12 pick two uh, years ago. Right, yeah. won national championships with them. Right. Promising young athlete, uh, even with the Raiders, making yeah. headlines. Uh, you know, racking up yards. He's one of Derek Carr's go-to uh, receivers, and yet this was not a good headline that we came no, across. Not was at it? All. 
Uh, Pastor Kellen, what was it that we saw there as uh, we opened up our, our news apps? Yeah, you got it this week, and um, he was headlined because he was uh, traveling at 156 miles per hour and uh, was in a fatal car accident, which uh, unfortunately there was a, a gal that was driving another car. I think she was in her early 20s that lost, yeah, lost her life. Uh, and a lot that was behind it was 3.30 in the morning, which, you know, there's that old rule that nothing really good happens after you know, midnight. You can even crank it up before then. But here's another example of a guy that was uh, intoxicated, um, drinking, was not sober. Uh, and, you know, one day before his life was one way, and now he's looking at a completely different life trajectory because he made a bad decision with alcohol, getting behind the steering wheel, uh, 156 miles per hour, crash, took this this young gal's life, and now he's going to be facing um, a lot of time in, in prison. Who knows what that'll be, but just not a good situation. But it, it the, 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 the factor there was alcohol, right? The, right. the alcohol uh, completely changes you know, just how we think about things. We don't respond as fast. We make silly decisions that can cost us our, our life and cost other people's lives. And, you know, we don't think about that when, uh, you know, we're just having a social drink or whatever it is. But understanding that alcohol is so powerful and it can can ruin our, our thinking and our, our minds to where it can cost our life, cost somebody else's life in this situation. So wasn't a good one uh, there. And obviously he's in the headlines for, for the wrong reasons now, where last week, you know, he was in the headlines for good reasons and how alcohol can con- completely change things that quick right away. Right. Right. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's frightening. I mean, 156 miles an hour, he was driving his car. His blood yeah. alcohol limit was twice the legal limit, yeah. right? His blood, blood alcohol content was twice the legal limit. And so much gone in the blink of an eye. Yeah. Right. And men, this episode is is not necessarily out there saying go to all the alcohol stores and, and burn them down. That's not our point. But we do want to talk about the fact that the Bible calls men of God, which is what we've been talking about in this series, uh, not to be drunkards. And yeah. maybe your initial response is, well, I'm not. I'm not a drunkard. I don't get drunk. I just enjoy the occasional glass of alcohol. Yeah. Uh, we want to talk about this subject, though, and uh, we want to take it seriously because God's Word takes it seriously. Um, a lot of people will in- initially push back on this, mm-hmm. and they'll say, well, Paul told Timothy, right? right? Hey, you know what? You feel a little sick? Take some wine for your stomach. Right. And they want to draw the equation even to, I work hard, and I come home at night after a long day of work, and I want to kick my feet up, and mm-hmm. a glass of wine helps me relax. It takes the edge off. So. Yeah. Um, Pastor Kellen, why is that wrong? Yeah, well, first, going back to that the statement you made from Paul to Timothy is understanding wine back in the, the times where, where Paul and, you know, our biblical times is it was not the same wine that we have today, right? There, it was much stronger today. I mean, you can look at there's different stats that are out there, but uh, wine back then was arguably around 3 to 4% alcohol, which is completely watered down. That was the point of it. Uh, some water wasn't clean, and so they would use the fermentation process to help clear the water back then. Uh, and, you know, it still had that, that, that potency to where it could affect you. So that's why we have the commands in the Bible of, you know, be careful, do not be drunkards. Um, and drunkenness is, is mentioned in the Bible. But at the same time, uh, how we utilize wine today or alcohol today is a completely different purpose. It's, you know, two to three to four times uh, more alcohol in wine and other beverages that we have today. So understanding that 
the goal today in our culture for for most bars and uh, alcohol distribution places is like, let's get you to that place quicker, right? Let's not say, hey, it's going to take you this many drinks to get drunk. Let's get you there in in, in one glass of wine or one glass of beer or whatever it is. Uh, so it, it's completely different, and you can't compare it apples to apples and say this was the purpose back then because it was totally different. We have water filtration systems where we don't have to use any of that. They didn't have all of that, and, yeah, they again, there was – wine drinking in the Bible, but every time you see it in the Bible, there was something bad happening that was resulting from it. And so that's why uh, God's word continuously over and over and over again, when it talks about, uh, you know, the, the, the fleshly desires, it, it mentions drunkenness. It talks about things of the world. It mentions drunkenness and being a drunkard because those are things that are of the world. And again, as you mentioned, may not be, uh, we're not saying, hey, you can never have anything that has to do with alcohol, but at the same time, it's a serious thing that the Bible wants us to pay attention to because it affects us. Right. Yeah. In, in the ancient world, the way that, uh, that wine worked is they would ferment the wine and they would, they would produce wine much in the same way that we do today, um, even with a, a high alcohol content as it is in, in today's culture. In fact, um, in the ancient world, it wasn't uncommon for, for fermented wine to, to produce a 15% alcohol content by volume, right? So which that's, that's significant. That's potent. But then what they would do is they would take that and they would put it in a separate, separate bowl and they would add water to it and water it down and distill that wine down, um, to lessen its, its impact greatly. And so when you think about, well, Jesus turned water to wine at the wedding in Cana. So therefore there's a, a, I should be able to drink wine because Jesus turned water to wine. Well, number one, let's, let's ask what was Jesus trying to communicate there, right? I mean, there was the, the communication of, of a newness that was going on, a freshness that was going on, uh, um, that uh, even pointing to the signs of, of, of yeah, the, who he was is revealing that he was the right. Messiah as a result of the sign many believed in his name. This wasn't about drinking. This was about Christ. This was about Jesus. And then even with Paul to Timothy, we're just dealing with a different category here. So we can't connect. Uh, well, here's the, the, the biblical example where it says I can to this. And Kellen, your point's great. Yeah, so often in the scripture, Wine is connected with bad things. You think about Noah getting drunk and what happened with Noah getting drunk. You think about um, Nabal. Nabal, yeah, yeah was a, a, a fool, fool, right? Yeah. And uh, and connected with alcohol there. So yeah, it's it's something that we need to think wisely about. And for the man of God, we need to not be mastered by it, right? And so let's let's talk about this then practically. Um, it, some guys out there probably still listening to it at this point going, yes, but is it a sin for me to, to imbibe? There's a word for you. Imbibe. <laughs> drink alcohol. Right? <laughs> Look at that. Is it a sin for me to drink alcohol? Um, so what are some things that we should think through? How about uh, the first thing here? What's the heart behind it? Yeah. Uh, what's, what's your motivation <clears throat> behind wanting to drink yeah. alcohol, right? Yeah. And, and just thinking about it, because again, I think most guys, I would assume, are looking at it from, can I just socially relax and wind down? And my question would be, is that the only way to relax and wind down? Because uh, again, when we think about our, our mission here and our goal is to be followers of Christ, to be good examples for other people, um, our kids uh, that are in the same household that we are, if we're telling them that, hey, this is how you relax, then who knows how your kid is going to take that. It's like, you know, this is how my parents relax. I, I do this. or And so looking at it from the standpoint, yeah, like you said, what's the heart behind it? What, what are you trying to get out of it? And have you explored other options? Is that the only way? Is that the only thing that you rely upon? Um is the first one that we need to think about. What's the heart behind it? Uh, and the, the second one is, yeah, while you might be f- 
free. We're not saying, again, if you have a glass of, of, of wine or beer, whatever it might be, again, it's not black and white. Is that a sin right off the, <clears throat> right off the bat? Um, I, I think it, it depends on the situation. I, I, you know, there's a lot that's riding on it. Some of it is, um, you know, who's around you? Who are you causing to stumble? Because you're one glass of beer, you're one glass of wine. Yeah, it may not affect you, but that person that's around you may cause them to, to stumble. And I love how Paul says it in 1 Corinthians 6.12. He says, look, all things are lawful for me. Like, it, it, you know, I can do them. It's not a big deal. He says, but not all things are helpful. And so thinking about that, are, are things helpful? Is it helping the people that you're around that you say, I care more about me relaxing than my witness and, and those that um, could be affected negatively that see me doing this? And so being willing to, to forego your free, freedom for the sake of others, too. Yeah, and, and that's a, a huge thing. That's part of the greatest commandment. Love God and love others, right? Your love for the Lord should overflow into your love for your brothers and sisters in Christ. And let's say you're having a family over for dinner that you just met at church for the first time and you've got your bottles of alcohol, you've got your wine, you've got your beer in the fridge, your wine out on the counter and stuff. You, you're trying to get to know this couple. You don't know their background. You don't know what they've been through. Maybe you've got somebody there who's recovering from alcoholism, right? From uh, that they were enslaved to alcohol in a very blatantly sinful way in the past. And now here you go and, and you've got your alcohol, which again, not a, it's not mastering you, right? but by you having it present there and even engaging in it and even potentially offering it to them, you could be potentially causing your brother or sister to stumble. And that's that part of loving them more than yourself, right? Loving them more than your own freedoms that you get to enjoy in Christ. Um, yeah. And you, you see that I'll just mention this real quick. There's so many times where people say, well, I saw such and such do it. And that, that person could be you, right? Right. I saw them do it, and, you know, they're in God's Word all the time. They're praying. They're faithful, and I saw them take a drink. So I can then take a drink, and, again, to them it might be I can take a drink plus whatever more, but right. it's, it's because they saw you with something in your hand. Right, right. Yeah, and, and to go back to the heart behind it, too, if we can just go back there. Uh, man, if, if you're annoyed by this podcast episode, if you're frustrated by what we're saying here, can I ask you why? If, if you kick against the concept of, man, maybe I should consider not drinking anymore. Can I ask you why? Um, and if it goes to, to what we were just talking about, well, it's my right. I'm free in Christ to enjoy a beer. Yeah, you are. But man, if, if, if this is something that if you thought about, man, if I gave this up, I wouldn't be happy anymore. I wouldn't be as fulfilled. I wouldn't be as satisfied. I wouldn't be as content anymore. You may not be a drunk, but you've got an idol in your heart, right. right? And if you really do weigh the good in saying, man, I'm going to abstain in this situation, again, we can't point to chapter and verse and tell you everybody has to abstain from alcohol. Kellen and I do. Yeah. Um, our families do. Um, but we can't point to a chapter and verse and say everybody has to do that. But but men, if you are are upset and getting indignant over the fact that we would even suggest that you throw out the beer in your fridge. Why? Right. Right. What does it have a hold in your life that maybe you don't realize it does? And it's not again that you're drunk. It's not again that you're getting inebriated every night. It's you feel like you've got a need for this in your life that you don't, you don't need it in your life. Third thing. So first is what's the heart behind it. Second is, are you willing to let go of, of your freedoms for the good of other people? Yeah. And building on that, it's, some of the good of other people is, is your witness to a, a watching world, right? Right. 
Yeah. Talk about that for uh, a minute. Yeah, and I think this comes, and I want to speak on a specific area. It happens a lot in our, our in the corporate arena, um, especially with men. You go out and you have, you know, you, you might be taking somebody out, a, a potential client, and you take them out, and the client wants to drink. You feel like, hey, I got to drink with them in order to seal this deal. Or you go out to a corporate event, you got a lot of. Uh, the people that you work with, and I don't want to be the one person that's not drinking, and then that costs me my career, or that costs you know people to feel like I don't connect with them, or I'm the weird guy, or whatever that is. That is one of the biggest pressures that you you face in the business world. I get it, and I was there, and it's hard, very hard, and it was something that I it took me a while to get past as well because you you <clears throat> constantly try to convince yourself, okay, what if I just hold it? Well, again. You hold. You may not even take a sip the entire night, but the fact that you are holding something, you're you're put into that class because people don't see you as like, wow, I didn't see Kellen take a drink the whole night. They just see you with a beer in your hand, so you're classified with the person that's getting drunk too. It may not be fair, may not be true, but that's just how it is. And and just looking at it from a, a witness standpoint is like think about how powerful that witness is. And, and I've experienced it myself of not drinking and people saying. Hey, why are you not having a drink? Right. And it just opens up a door right. of being able to explain like, hey, you know what? I, I care. You know, I want to be sound, have a sound mind at all times. And you know what? I, I'm, if you want to do it, I'm not saying like, hey, you're a bad person because you're, you're doing it. I'm just choosing not to because at the end of the day, I, I feel like it doesn't do anything positive for me right now. I want to be able to think. I want to be able to talk. I want to be able to have conversation. And Look, I'm having just as great of a time as you are without right. this, you know, alcohol that you think provides the fun for you. It doesn't it doesn't do that for me. And so there's just so many open door conversations. But again, man, I understand that you may be in a situation you're like, you don't get it as hard. I, I do get it. I 100 percent get it in those situations. There's a lot of pressure, but that's where it takes a lot of prayer. It takes a lot of guys holding you accountable to say, hey, I'm going to an event tonight. I want you to just text me midway through and just give me some encouragement or follow up with me afterwards just to make sure that I didn't uh, give in and uh, put those barriers around your life to help you do it. And once you do it once, you'd be surprised how many people cater towards you and just say, hey, you know what? I, I actually didn't want to drink either. And so I'm not going to do it because you were that person that stood strong. Or they ask you that question where you can open up and there's that witness opportunity. Right, exactly. And, and you're supposed to be different. We're supposed to be different as right. Christians. Israel was called and set apart as a nation holy to God. So many of the, the laws for Israel, right? Like, hey, don't wear blended clothing. Well, it's not because God's anti-spandex, although maybe he is, especially on men, right? Let's, let's just be honest. Yeah. We don't need to be wearing spandex. It's, it's more of, look, you're to be different. You are to be set apart and recognizable as not like the people, right? It's, it's like I, I think about when Israel went to, to Samuel and they said, we want to be like the nation. Mm -hmm. We want a king. And that was a rejection of God's role as their king. And, but that always stuck out to me. We want to be like the nations and God is calling us to not be like them. And so sometimes we think, well, they're not going to want to listen to me if they look at me and see me not drinking. They're not going to want to hear what I have to say because they're going to think I'm holier than thou. Uh, well, no, they're, they're going to think that you're different. And if they're judging that by saying, well, they don't, they, they think they're too good for me. Well, maybe that man has a lot more to do with how you interact with them in other contexts mm -hmm. and not just the fact that you're not drinking that night. Maybe it's because you're not pursuing them. You're not showing them that you care about them, love them, interact with them. But yeah, we should be different. And this is an area where you can stand out in a world that uh, 
that looks at this and says it's it's no big deal until a 22 year old gets behind right. the the wheel of a, a, a Corvette and yeah. drives 156 miles an hour and kills a 23 year old. Right. And he had that same mindset. That would never happen to me, right? right? I can drink and drive, and I'm good I'm until good. it happens. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And then the fourth thing. So what's the heart? Are you willing to let go of your freedoms? Consider your witness. And then the fourth thing, uh, and we've alluded to it already, and that is when you look at drunkenness in the Bible, it's so often paired with just other sins that mark the fallen and broken world that we live in. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not held up. You're not going to find drunkenness in the fruit of the spirit, <laughs> but you'll find it in the fruit of the flesh, yep. right? It's yep. alongside things like thievery and swindling and orgies and you know, sexual immorality, it's included in lists like that. Right. And as we mentioned earlier, the question is not, well, how far can I go towards it and yet still be okay? The question should be when we consider that it's lumped in with lists like that, man, how far can I get away from it? Right. How can I flee this? So, man, if if you go home from wherever you're listening to this and you go inside and you sit down with your wife and you say, you know what, I've got a conviction that I think we need to get rid of alcohol in our lives and you go to your cabinets and you throw it out, and you go to the fridge and you throw it out, uh, does that make you any more acceptable to God? No. It doesn't. It doesn't. Your acceptability before God is your standing in Christ. However, could this make you a more effective witness? Yeah, possibly. Could this help you love your brothers and sisters in Christ more effectively? Yeah, sure it could. Does this remove something from your life that you don't necessarily need? Totally. Does this keep you from even venturing anywhere near not being sober-minded? Yeah, it does. And so the question is, when you consider this, man, you've got to make the decision for yourself, but does the, the, the potential good through choosing to abstain outweigh the loss? Is the, the gain more than what you would give up? And, uh, and you've got to answer that in your own heart. But at the end of the day, I, I can tell you, Kellen and I have answered that question in the affirmative. We've both said, yeah, it's uh, the, the gain in, in, in saying, hey, we're not going to drink is, is greater than the gain that we feel like we're missing out on by participating in this. I don't know about you, Kellen, but I, I, I haven't felt like I'm missing anything. No, not, not at all. Um, <clears throat> and again, when you make that, that, that resolve in your life of this is it, I, I don't need it, you know what, you random, I start liking carbonated water, like you, <laughs> bubbly and LaCroix right. and all that stuff. And again, I, I go to the store and I'm excited about new flavors and stuff like that. And so, and that's a silly illustration, but my point is, is like there, it doesn't have to be alcohol. The rest right. of the world is going to consume that and they're going to make you feel like you got to have this to have fun. You got to have this to be able to hobnob with, you know, the executives and all that stuff. You got to do this. You got, you don't, right. You don't. Right. Um, and understanding that and, and knowing that because you don't, you want an open door, that's a huge one that God will provide right there. And the good part about it is once you do it once, then, you know, you've overcome that hurdle and you don't have to go back to it. But it's doing it that one time or making that resolve that you're not going to do it anymore. And God will help you uh, transform. Right. You know, that's a good point about the world will say this is what you need to have fun. And this is an opportunity for you men, even uh, those of you who have younger children in the home. And I did this recently. We were watching, uh, I don't know, uh, some football game or baseball game. And a commercial came on. The commercial was for beer. And uh, my middle son asked me, Dad, what's that about? And uh, I asked him, I said, well, what is it it trying to convince you? 
and even my five-year-old was watching this going, well, it's trying to tell me that if I drink that, that thing, that I'm going to be happy and have friends. Mm -hmm. And I said, yeah, that's exactly what it's trying to teach you. Right. But it's not right. 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 And so, uh, you know, even teaching our kids these things, man, and warning them because the world, we've said it before on this podcast, you can teach your kids or you can let the world teach your kids. Um, and they teach them far more in, in far more venues and ways than just in the classroom. They teach them through commercials, through social media, through billboards, through the ads that they see. It's, it's all over the place. And so men, be that voice in their life and encourage them in the way that they should walk in obedience to the Lord. That's what we want from you. And so we pray that this episode has been helpful, if not thought-provoking at least. We, we are, are going to be praying for you, um, that you will be quality men of God, and we'll start that right now.